that's what we do it for is those relationships. 100%. I get teary eyed thinking about it. No, honestly. And okay. So I did it because I needed to put a roof over my family's <laughs> head, but, um, my wife apparently enjoyed the fact that she had relationships I just with love other them people so much. Um, but no, they were, they're very outstanding people. And I just, I couldn't believe it. I called my wife and I said, guess what call I just got? And she's, <laughs> What called it? I just, I was freaking out. Like, yeah, what like, is it? What now? And I'm like, somebody just called to see if I could do a fix and Pippin's job. And I was this close to taking it and just being like, ah, for the old Welcome back to another episode of Changing the Script podcast. I am Zach, your co-host. And I'm Hannah. And together we dive deep into the stories, trends, and ideas that are reshaping our world online. From technology to culture, we are here to challenge the status quo, ask the tough questions, and ultimately change the script. And today we have a topic that should really be the heartbeat of everyone's business, customers, and how to become customer-centric. Yeah, I mean, have you ever stopped and wondered why Amazon, Netflix, Apple, why do these guys know so much about what it is that you want? Why are they so good at delivering what you want? And I would say it's because that they have adopted that customer-centric mindset, that mindset that what the customer's needs are outweigh what the business needs are. And they go hand in hand, right? Like whatever the customer needs is what fulfills the business. I always say money doesn't drive business, people drive business. And it doesn't matter if it's five people or if it's 20,000 people, you can work wonders in a small business when you just have a very small customer base. I think people focus so much, especially on the beginning, and they think it's this volume game. I just did this a training on this yesterday. Um, they focus so much on volume and they don't focus on quality of the people that they do have as a customer because word of mouth advertising is massive. And when you can serve those first couple customers that you have, like the loyal customers that they can be, those five to 10 customers that you have can work wonders in your business, especially when it comes to word of mouth. Absolutely. You know, I actually, speaking of trainings, I just completed one the other day as well. Um, and one of the things I talk about is, is quality products and services. Yeah. And it's not just about delivering a YouTube video in 4k or having good audio. Now those things do, I think they do play a significant role in the quality I was of say, a product. You love all your toys. Oh, I love all of the, <laughs> I love all the stuff. Like it's a lot of fun and I've enjoyed learning it. And I think it, it it's really a significant role. But the truth is, is you could have a 1080p video, low quality with good audio. But if you put the customer first in everything that you're doing, you still have a quality product. Quality yeah. isn't just measured based off of your ability to provide somebody with the Bugatti of everything that you're doing. It also is measured in how satisfied your customers are. Because think of it this way. If Rolls Royce the fancy one of the fanciest cars on planet earth their customer service is like this if your car breaks down they will helicopter a mechanic to you i didn't know that yeah okay so all right disclaimer i'm not 100 percent sure that's true <laughs> i'm but, glad you added that in <laughs> but i did hear the story and i believe it because i mean those cars are what 150 250 so i mean come on but the point is, is that they really put an emphasis on the customer because if every single person on planet earth said, I cannot stand dealing with Rolls Royce's customer service, does not matter how good their car is. Yep. Nobody is going to buy it. Yeah. And same thing to my point earlier is even if you have that small customer base and you have such good loyalty with those just couple customers that again works in the same way. Yeah, and this is this is kind of like a duh thing. Uh, so you guys are probably gonna hear it and you're gonna go, duh, Zach. 
But I would much rather have 10 very loyal customers that are willing to spend money at my business than I would to have 2,000 customers that are not loyal or maybe they've had such a terrible experience. The only thing that they have to say about me is negative. Um, I'll take the 10 over the 2,000 any day. Um, And I think that's what you were kind of talking about with the volume because it's just seriously like, okay, so you you sold to 2,000 people. They don't like you. They don't want to come back and work with you. Now you got to go find another 2,000 people. Yeah, so I just did the training on how we're it's, – it's serving your customers and serving you at the same time because always having to dig out of a new pool for new customers just slows down your business over time. So I think we'll get into customer lifetime value here soon um, and really talking about that piece because it's so vital and it's something we don't see – too many people talk about and just kind of the online business world, but it's one of the key components of business. Absolutely. So with that, let's go ahead and go into our first point of the night. You guys will have to forgive us. We're still getting good at podcasting. Um, just still getting good. We're still figuring it out. Um, it's fun. People get to watch us grow. Yeah. You get to see us, uh, make our mistakes, our failures, which is awesome. Right. And so uh, you guys get to. We're all about the documentation. We always talk about document over create. I was just going to say you guys get to judge us hardcore about what we do, <laughs> but it's all good. Um, no, it's we're having a ton of fun doing this, guys, and we can't wait to keep giving you stuff. I, I mean, it's like my buddy, Pastor E. I'm going to shout him out. Uh, he told me the other night, he's like, dude, I've watched all your episodes. I can't wait for more. And that right there, that pumped me up to be able to continue doing episodes because it's like that that means a lot. That yeah. somebody takes the time, you know, he called just to check on me and I felt so terrible because disclaimer, I haven't had friends for a very long time. <laughs> That's probably the worst thing to say on the internet. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, no, we started a business and we, we lost all friends. Yeah. We lost contact with a lot of people and it really, it really was tough over the last so many years and I'm not a good friend anymore. And so I wanted to bring that up and shout him out because that re- that really meant a lot to me. Um, and I think one of the reasons that he did do that is because we do focus on the customer. He's not even our personal customer, but we focus so much on them that we create really good relationships that grow into friendships with a lot of the people that we do business with. But I do want to go ahead and define what we're talking about. We are talking about customer centric strategies. So what is that? I'm going to read the, I'm going to read the definition off right here to you guys. All right. So that refers to a business's approach where companies prioritize, prioritize the needs, preferences, and experiences of their customers above everything else. It's all about placing the customer at the center of every decision, strategy, and action. Enough said. Like, I mean, in the definition pretty itself, straightforward. yeah, in the definition itself, it's pretty straightforward and it's pretty honest. In my mind, it's common sense because you do get those relationships like I have with the people that I've built relationships with. Yeah. And I just think we underestimate the importance here. If you guys fail to really make a relationship of any kind with your customers, it doesn't have to be personal check-ins. It doesn't have to be, and I don't, regardless of what business you're in. It can be emails, a thank you email campaign. It could be just continuing on with your content and showing in your content that you appreciate your customers. Whatever that looks like, building those relationships, like I said before, serve you guys, but a lack of building those relationships can hurt your business more than anything else. Absolutely. Yeah, and one of the examples that comes to my mind immediately is this notion that pretty much every online business, and I'm putting that in air quotations for anyone who's concerned, uh, business, money-making opportunity, whatever you want to call it, right? They always teach, hey, do you want to make passive income? And what they're failing their customers whenever they say like, hey, do you want to make this passive income? If you treat your customers like they're a passive income source, they're never going to purchase from you again. Yeah. And I think, I think there's, this is a twofold issue, right? Because I think what a lot of people refer to with passive income is, Hey, I took a week off and I was able to make sales even though I wasn't working. Right. And that's technically passive. So that's okay to say. However, when you are in a position that you still have to create content, you still have to write emails, you still have to do something to generate that revenue. That's not a hundred percent passive. Passive is truly like, Hey, 
I invested in an annuity and now the money just comes to me without working at all. Or I invested in um, some kind of business, whatever it may be, and I'm getting passive income. Or I invested in stocks and bonds. Whatever it is, you you put the money there, you don't have to work, and the money comes back. That's true passive income. Yep. When it comes to online business or online making money opportunities, even though you have automation set up, it's still not 100% passive. And so I think it's okay to include the passive element of being able to step away from the business and have the automation still work for you, but just make sure you don't go and overindulge in that kind of vocabulary because it can relate to the customer that they just feel like a passive sale. Right. Well, it also and it lacks relays, that connection. Uh, and it also relays that message that you don't have to do much. Right. right? And that's just not the truth. Uh, and, and I'm going to take it a step further and say, unless Warren Buffett's listening to this podcast right now, which if you are, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Bro. Again, um, <laughs> I mean, you never know. He could be like, who the heck are these two kids? They're awesome. Um, again, if you said that, Dreaming, thank you. honey. Hey, you know what? Dream big. Right? You're right. <laughs> go big or go home. That's what we used to say. Um, no, but you can't really afford passive income. You know, and the people that we know in our life that do have passive income, they've worked for 60, 70 years. Yeah. They uh, built like their I said, businesses from the ground up and yeah. they put in the hours. They put in the 50, 60, 70 hour weeks that it took to get their business to a point where they have people in place to run it for them. Passive income is not and I know I'm contradicting my wife because I think me and her disagree on this a little yeah. bit, which is perfectly fine in marriage. You disagree on crap all the time. I disagree all the time. Um, yeah, like on hand signals. Just had that conversation. Um, just so you guys know, I am pure man. Uh, you do not give me hand signals and I do not communicate telepathically. Uh, but if you are a man out there and you can, congratulations. Hold Good on for you. a second. Zach is the guy that like, you know, when you're at a restaurant somewhere and some person walks in that you like might not want to see and you're trying to give them like the eye signal of saying, Hey, don't I'm look, like, don't look at the door. <laughs> don't look at the door. Someone is here and, or, Oh, look at the door. Someone's here. And you give him that eye signal. And he's like, wait, what are you talking about? He's looking all around and you tell him don't turn around, but he turns around and he's just that guy that can't pick up on the subtle hints of like trying to communicate because you can't say it out loud. So that's just off topic, but we'll keep going. Hey, you know what? We're having fun. Um, and I will not apologize for that. I don't speak in signals. I just don't. I use English. It's pretty prominent in this country. <laughs> um, it's actually the main language <laughs> that we speak. So you can, uh, you can just think on that one. Um, no, but I disagree on what passive income is. And I don't think that having automation set up that allow you to be able to take a week off because are you really taking a week off? You're probably still checking your social media. You're probably still checking your emails. You're probably still doing something that is business related. So it's not truly passive to me until you have things in place that allow you to walk away entirely. You don't have to check your email. You don't have to open your computer. You could throw your phone into the ocean and it doesn't matter because people or systems are in place to ensure that your business is still growing and moving forward without you. Yeah. I mean, the only point I have to make is that I've seen people and even I think maybe I've said this in the past, but like things can be done passively. I love the people that talk about, Hey, again, I took two weeks off. I even had made a post about this, about how we took some time off making content but our emails were still working for us and made us, you know, sales in our business. Although I didn't refer to that as passive, but the people that express like, Hey, I took a week off and I still made sales that passively, I didn't have to work individually for those sales because I had systems set up in place. However, I just love when they include the fact that they also worked hard to build that foundation in the first place that could be working for them while they weren't there. I still disagree with that, and but it's go. okay. Um, no, I just, and I think that there could be a whole entire podcast segment on that, but to, to circle it back to what we were talking about, treating your customers as if they are passive income is going to pull you away from that customer centric attitude that you have yeah. to have. And here's a couple of reasons why one customer centric focuses on the customer's needs. You need to get insights from those customers about their needs by creating feedback loops or feedback collection systems, however you want to call it. You're going to do market research. 
You're going to leverage all of that data by analyzing it so that you can better serve every single one of those customers. And then of course, it's all about creating organizational systems that allow you to be innovative on your customer's behalf. What do I mean by all of that? Well, one, if you don't understand your customer's needs, how are you going to effectively serve them? And effectively grow your business because, again, you don't want to have to dig into different pools every time you launch something new. So you want to dive into the pool. You want to grow your business deep, not wide, and figure out how can I serve the current customers that I have on the next step in their journey or the next product they need to go with the first one, regardless of what product you sell. Yeah, absolutely. So let's use this example then real quick. Let's say that you have started your online business journey. You are in the MLM field, or you're in the affiliate marketing field where you have chosen to create blog posts or YouTube videos, whatever the case may be for you. And you are providing people with information about products or services that could benefit them. And you use an affiliate link to earn commission off of it. If you want to ensure that those customers return to your blog in the future or your YouTube channel in the future, You have to understand the insights and the data that you are ultimately given by the interactions that your customers give you online, right? Now, you also need to create other feedback loops like surveys and different stuff like that, um, which we could probably do a whole nother episode on just like the importance of surveys. I do love doing a good survey um, with a giveaway. Those are a lot of fun. So, um, but you want to get that data back because- How do you know if somebody's unhappy if you didn't ask them? Now, okay, I guess not fair enough. And let's be honest, if you're unhappy, it's easy to tell somebody you're unhappy. It's not so easy to tell people you're happy. Yeah, Um, but it's like, how do you get them into a situation where they feel comfortable and trusted or trusting enough to give you information that benefits both parties? It's, It's the question of how can I serve you better to give you a better experience, but also by them graciously giving you that information, they're helping you grow and service them on the next product or the next product, or maybe just in general, right? Well, you, and and you building that strong, loyal customer. The same way as my dad, what? where it was first impressions. Oh, they're huge. Exactly. So let's think about it from that perspective. When you walk in through the door and you introduce yourself for the first time, that first impression is going to last. When somebody is aware of your business for the very first time, that first impression needs to be spot on. I want to say something here, though, because we live in a different world. (laughs) We live in a different world. okay? and our dads grew up in a world without social media. So their first impression was sometimes the only impression they had the ability to make. Whereas I've in all of my failures in the past working online, I've probably had horrible first impressions like what is Hannah talking about here? Here she is blabbing about a different product, whatever. People probably got sick and tired of me. I've talked about this in my TikTok before. But I was able to redeem myself by actually walking into my zone of genius and being confident and finally getting it. I I posted this the other day. You could be wrong a million times. You just have to be right once. Mark Cuban said it best. He goes, "You you could pick the wrong everything. You just have to get it right one time. And I was definitely wrong. We were definitely wrong yeah, so many times. What I mean by first impression in the business is, is whenever you, okay, so you're marketing a new product and that product goes out to market, right? You've gone through alpha testing, beta testing. You've gone through every single step that you're supposed to go through and it's finally time to launch. That's the first impression that I'm talking about. I'm yeah, not talking oh, about yeah, the no, fact because sure. it's like, all right, if you guys really want to go off first impressions, I don't belong in business, Right. I was not a good person. I was very stupid in my 20s. By all means of a first impression, nobody should like me. And there's plenty of people who don't. But the point that I'm trying to make is, is that I'm talking about your product's first impression, right? Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. Yeah, when when you're putting that product out there, that's the one that you want to land very well because that's where the relationship for the customer centric needs starts. I'm more speaking from like a personal connection to your customers, right? Like if you're introducing yourself and really this is for the people that are listening to this and maybe feel like, Oh, I might've messed up in this area. Know that it's always redeemable. 
know that you can always change this because we have the power of social media. We have the power of content where we can reintroduce ourselves anytime. Yeah. And for every unforgiving person that's eating Cheetos in their mom's basement right now um, on the internet, there are very good forgiving people out there on the internet as well. And those are the people you want anyway. Exactly. The guy eating Cheetos can't afford you anywho. Uh, So just keep that in mind. Um, But no point that I'm making has been made. Um, And that's where you start the feedback loop though, right? That first impression on the product. So you send out your email campaign, you've got 5,000 emails, they click, they purchase, there's your first impression, right? So all the way up to that point, you've made it customer centric. And now they have even more of a customer centric feel because that product lands with them. At that point, you can send out, hey, do you mind taking a survey and let me know what your experience is thus far? One weekend. And then after one week, you send out another survey and it says, what's your experience? Now, again, don't do it like one week, one week, one week. I'm just giving you an example. Uh, and then again, you do another one. You could probably do them more like quarterly would be, I would say, a much better frame, time frame to be able to You're do gonna that. You're going to talk but, about this in 2.0, right? Yeah. So for Roadmap 2.0, I am going to teach a lot about yeah. that. Because um, surveying is it, it's very crucial and a lot of people want to learn about product development. So you can even listen to this podcast and understand that customer centric side of things so that you can do better at your product development too. Um, but anyhow, but that takes us right into the impact of cu- customer centric strategies, right? What's the impact that you're leaving with people? And I think that a lot of people who pri- or a lot of businesses who prioritize the customer's needs, and I took notes on this again, you guys will have to forgive me. They lead to an increased customer loyalty right? They get that repeat business. They get the positive word of mouth and referrals. Let me give you an example of customer centric behavior. I was working on the roadmap 2.0 updates and I get a phone call and I'm sitting there. I answer the phone and I say, hello. And this guy goes, is this Zach? And I said, yes. And so when I answer my phone these days, unless I know the number, I'm worried if it's our stalker or we had some girl try to extort us. Fun story for next time. Got to leave them with the cliffhangers, man. (laughs) Um, But anywho, I answer my phone very carefully. And he goes, are you Zach Pippins? And I said, yes, I am. And I said, how can I help you? And he goes, oh, dude, so uh, Joe gave me your name. He said that you're a handyman. You could come out and do some work for me. And I went, oh, that, that business has been shut down for a minute. Um, I, I moved on. Several I'm, years. I'm, it's been, it's been gone for a while now, man. I'm really sorry. And he goes, Oh, and I said, but Hey, let me, let me, let me do you a favor. Let me hop into my phone. Let me go through some contacts. Let me see if some of the other guys that I know are still in business. And I actually, I reached out to several of them and they said, yeah, just shoot my name over. So I sent this guy a text message and said, Hey, I wasn't able to help you out, but here are three guys that I think could possibly help you out let me know if you need anything else. And he was blown away. But he got your number from a customer that we have not served in almost three years. I had to look at this guy up. I don't even remember doing his job. It was that small of a job. It was a less than an hour job. Yeah. Like it, that is what you get whenever you're customer centric. So good. I love those stories. Anyhow. Just wanted to give you guys that story because that is that's a positive word. It's a good of mouth. example, yeah. And it's a great example of what happens whenever you put people first. And while we made tons of mistakes when we first started our businesses together, tons. I mean, so I started another business way back before her. Even back into high school, I had my own very first business watching uh, washing cars. And as a kid, I didn't understand the customer centric attitude, but we got that right. We still have uh, customers from our construction business that we still talk to today. They see our kids, they're around them, they check in, we check in on them. They they quickly became family. They met our family. Like they became literally really, one of them really, met both sets of our parents. Really, really close to us. We are actually sitting on not these ones, but we've got furniture all throughout our home from them. Um, there's many pieces of furniture and little things in this house that are from those customers. So they, they truly became like family yeah, and that's no. just, that's what fuels business. Like that, that relationship right there, honestly, you guys, when the days get hard, 
that's what we do it for is those relationships. I get teary eyed thinking about it. No, honestly. And okay. So I did it because I needed to put a roof over my family's (laughs) head, but, um, my wife apparently enjoyed the fact that she had relationships with other people so much. Um, but no, they were, they're very outstanding people. And I just, I couldn't believe it. I called my wife and I said, guess what call I just got? And she's, (laughs) What called it? I just... I was freaking out. Like, yeah, what like, is it? What now? And I'm like, somebody just called to see if I could do a fix and Pippin's job. And I was this close to taking it and just being like, ah, for the old days, like just go do it for the guy, 20 bucks and just get it done for him. We don't even like, have any tools left. I don't th- I'm like really crying over here. So I just know. give me a second. <laughs> All right. So while my wife is crying and she pulls herself back together. Um, so some of the benefits of being customer centric, again, that's going to fall into the category of um, higher customer retention rates, increased sales and improved brand reputation. I can't tell you how many people I see online that do not focus on their customers and they just keep going and they're inflated of self and they do not realize how many people don't like them. Well, the only way you really have sustainability is when you do have that customer loyalty and that can take a really long time to, to pull together. Like I said, don't sleep on the small numbers because you can have it when you first start out with just a couple people. But if you don't have that baseline and you scale really quickly or you scale over time, really doesn't matter how quickly it is. If you don't have that foundation, it's what we're always talking about is foundation, 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 and you scale really fast and you don't have that in place yet, it's going to be really hard to play catch up. You can always redeem yourself, like I said, and you can always change the script whenever you want, but it's really, really vital to set the foundation right, make your, your mission and your goals in this area known, and not only known but felt by the customer. We always say, you guys, all business is, is evoking an emotion in your audience and connecting with your customer. Like if you put it in the simplest terms. Okay. The simplest terms is, is I have stuff, you have money, give me money. Okay. That's the surface level. I'm talking about the deeper level because that's what I like to talk about more is, is the human connection to the people that you serve. And the deeper you can grow that, the better it is. So I actually... I, I think you're hundred percent correct. But again, the, the bare basics of businesses is I have something you want. You have something I want. Let's make a transaction. Yeah. yeah. But you can actually trace customer centric strategies back to the Roman empire and even before. Um, so a lot of merchants would actually create logs, logging what customers would spend money on what, so that whenever they came back, they would have their name. They would know what they wanted to purchase. They would know what they were looking for. They would, offer to go find it if they didn't have it, et cetera. So this, this concept is not a new concept. I think it's just a concept that a lot of businesses fail to adhere to because either they're stuck in a place where they have to focus on the money. They've allowed the money to and overtake their life. And we get that. Trust me. I mean, with, <laughs> we get that. with our, we were there <laughs> when we, when we started fixing Pippins, it was, it started out with we borrowed from Peter to pay Paul. Then it became we borrowed from Peter to pay Paul so that we could pay Steve. And then we paid Steve. And now Tim came in knocking. Now and then that snowballed into a snowballed. bunch of different businesses because we were just trying to get out. Yeah. So and, and we we're building two businesses at once, and it just got to be that was her fault. Yeah, that was me. All me. <laughs> I, I love it. When Although I had had that dream, and I, my very first business when I was eighteen, I sold Mary Kay makeup. Yeah, well, I think you and I. Well, both really, I was like five, and I sold bracelets on the street. If we want to get technical, I mean, I was four whenever I sold my first couple lemonade. <laughs> like, you want to keep making this challenge? Like, come on. Um, honestly, I don't remember if I ever sold lemonade, so that's not true. Uh, so she might beat me. Um, right. No, but that's 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 what you're aiming to do, though. And and if you if you aren't focusing on the customer right now, I can promise you one thing: people are going to pick up on it because. Honestly, people just aren't stupid. Well, this is really such a basic principle, you guys. This is this is really common sense stuff that we're talking about in this episode. But I feel like on social media, since that's kind of where we live, it's so easy to get caught up in the noise and get caught up in the selfishness, honestly, of your business and your cash flow and your money matter first before the people, not realizing the people are the 
the ones giving you the money and the cash flow and growth in your business. And so they need to be the first focus mistake. always, 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 always. They need to be the first focus. But I feel like we get so caught up in this noise of us, 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 me, me, me. And we don't realize sometimes we just have to be reminded that at the end of the day, it's the end consumer that matters. Yeah. You know, and one of my least favorite things that I see on social media is whenever people talk smack to their customers, like, oh, you're mad at me because I made X amount of dollars. Haters going to hate different stuff like that. Dude, you were talking smack to the people that put you there. The people that gave you money to get you to the point where you're at and you're going to spit in their face like that. Like that to me is probably one of the most asinine things that you could do as a business owner. You think you're lucky stars and you think people like my wife's got it tattooed on her wrist and it's to the point of annoyance. Like her parents will give us something and I'll say, thanks guys. And she'll be sitting okay. over there going like, I'm sorry. I'm not like you guys. I say thank you once and it means something. I don't have to say it 30 times, but and, but I, one thing that I can say is that your family is like a thank you family. Yeah. I, I mean, well, seriously, tattooed on my wrist. you can, you could open the door for one of them. They'll say thank you. And then you could do something for them three seconds later. Thank you. Three <laughs> seconds. Later, thank you. And our, our son does it now too. And our son's doing it now too. Every Cause second. she's over there every two seconds <laughs> teaching him to say thank you. I love it. And I grew up in a house where you could say thank you. And that lasted a week. <laughs> I mean, I'm being genuine. Like we say thank you and it, and it means thank you. Um, so it's amazing how people see that differently. Yeah. Anywho, rookie mistake. If you are, if you are putting yourself over your customers, um, and I get it, trust me, I get it. There were multiple times in the construction industry where we were just like, do people not understand what it costs to run this? But we always put the customer first. Even when it meant we we lost eleven thousand dollars on one job. Ooh. Now that one was a little bit more my fault. I didn't foresee a piece of lumber going from a dollar ninety eight to ten dollars during COVID. Yeah, um, that was. And I didn't put it in my contract. That was a very hard lesson learned that I could adjust for inflation or anything like that. The cost of materials. So we lost just on the lumber alone, like twenty five hundred bucks on that job. If not more. Um, yeah. But we put the customer first. We ate that cost. Um, and that's just how that rolled. Um, but yeah. So some things that I think you could do if you're looking to establish a more cu- customer-centric experience, especially if you're an established business. Now, if you're just growing, give, 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 right? You don't have much to do with like a loyalty program or anything like that. You don't really have a whole lot of room for discounts, but give them anyways. Give discounts where you can. Give, give things value for free somehow. where don't you can. Don't overpromise and underdeliver. Yeah. But give what you can confidently deliver. Exactly. 100% because you're just starting out. But these 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 tips are going to be more for people that maybe you have gotten to a point where you you can earn anywhere from five to $10,000 a month comfortably as a freelancer or something like that. So you want to do personalized marketing campaigns. This is where you utilize your tool. You make sure that their first name goes in there. And those emails are tailored to thank you for being a valued member of my community. Thank you for being a valued member of my service or my product. I just wanted to say thanks. You don't sell them anything. You don't tell them a story. You don't do anything. You just say thanks. Because that goes a really long way. Now, the extra marketing campaigns, you can dribble in some like, hey, while I'm saying thank you, I just want to let you know that we're running a 10% special. But because you're such a valued customer, I'm giving you 15% off. Now you've thanked them, you've given them 15%, and you've encouraged them to go buy more from you. Like, that's okay. But it's, I would say there's absolutely nothing wrong with just saying thank you. And that's it. Stop there. Hard stop. Then offering loyalty programs, which... Your family does very well. I was just about to say we and have then providing exceptional customer service, which also yeah. So I've got a good, a good story on this. For that. So my family's in the restaurant industry, and um, I grew up in the restaurant industry. And I remember, well, grew up really started when I was like fourteen, fifteen, um, when they brought some of the restaurants to my hometown. 
And there's two stories. So number one, they have a loyalty program with their loyalty card where they get, you know, every $100 spent, they get a $10 gift card, whatever it is. So it keeps them coming back for more. But um, there's a lot of different restaurants and there's different, um, what do I want to say, style to the restaurant or like concepts. But I'll never forget this story. My dad told me one time they had a, a customer had a bad experience and it was a customer that had a local business in our town that I grew up in. And um, they wrote a review or somehow they got word of this bad experience. And my dad, I'll never forget, he showed up to their business, their establishment, with like $500 in gift cards. I forget exactly what it was. And a handwritten note and delivered it to that customer personally and said, hey, I just wanted to drop this off to you myself meet you in person and tell you, I am so sorry that you had that bad experience. And I'd like to give you this. And I would love for you to consider coming back for an experience on us. And we promise we'll deliver a better one. And now that customer is, is a regular at their restaurant 10 years later. And so, so, you know, I've heard that story like uh, 70 times. I love stories, but like it, this. it's a powerful story. It's a powerful message. One of my favorite things about your dad is he will tell the same story yeah. a ton of times, <laughs> but I've heard that story a lot and, but it's an extremely powerful message. It really is the, the act of going out of your way. And to be honest, like we don't know the full spectrum. It could have been as simple as his steak was undercooked. Like we don't really yeah, know the full idea. spectrum. All was. we know is, is that in his perspective, he had a bad experience and you have to understand it's not always there are some things that you can put your feet in the sand and you can say, absolutely not. You're not going to walk all over me. All right. As a business, you can't allow your kindness to allow people to walk all over you. But there are some sticky situations where in the perception of the customer, what happened was a bad experience. And you have to be able to put yourself in that customer's shoes and be able to say, okay, I can empathize with you that that was a bad experience. Yeah, I Maybe won't. it's something you've experienced yourself or whatever. Um, but what your dad did with going out of his way yeah. to deliver it by hand with a handwritten note that said. I love my handwritten notes too. Yeah. And that's another thing. It's like emails fine. Um, <laughs> I am not the same as anybody in this world. It's a good um, balance. Yeah. No, I'll do a text like, hey, man, my bad. Um, no, but like that extra step right there earn them a customer for life. And that to me is what's incredible. Yeah. I wanted to share this other story too, just while we're on the restaurant train. So I worked at the restaurant when I was like 1920, I worked at another one in downtown Cincinnati and I was really focused on customer service. This has kind of always been just cause I'm like a people pleaser, a people lover. I just love people so much, but I was young. I was stupid. I was like getting drunk all the time and being an idiot, but I really wanted to get out of the service industry and I wanted to go work for a sales and marketing firm. And there were these people, I always worked lunch cause I knew it was in downtown Cincinnati and I knew that big business owners would come in and eat lunch at this burger spot. So I would always like, I started to get these regulars coming in I gave them good service one day and they were like, Hey, we want to come back and sit with you. So we'll come in Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I literally changed my schedule to fit when they came in and I knew what they wanted to drink. So every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 1130, I would have their drinks out on the table. As soon as they walked in, it was like four or five people. And believe it or not, after like two or three months of doing that, that was my first big girl job. Yeah. They gave me a job. They said, Hey, Hannah, you want to come down and have an interview? We have a position open up for a manager spot. So I literally walked into my very first big girl corporate job out of serving from a restaurant and I got a job at a sales marketing firm. Yeah. And I hope that you guys get the takeaway that even from an employee perspective, being customer centric can take you a lot further yeah. than going at it you, from a selfish perspective. You never know where it could, what it could lead to. Never know. You absolutely never know. Um, and I think about the pursuit of happiness, that story, mm, such, a, such good a good movie. And I can't remember the dude's name. So we're just going to call him Will Smith. Because that's who played him. And the slap we heard across the world. Funny. I had to get that one in there. Anyways, so that is probably one of the coolest stories of you just never yeah. know who you're going to bump into. And this man bumped into a Wall Street guy. And he ended up getting a chance to impress him. And even though, and my favorite scene is whenever he comes in, he's got 
paint all over his pants. No dress pants, no dress shirt. I think he was wearing like a wife beater or a tank top. I don't know if I can say the other one. That's just why I grew up calling him. Um, anyway, so he looks like a wreck. And the guy says, if somebody walked into your office looking like you do right now, asking for a job, and I gave him a job, what would you say to me? And he just looks at me and says, that dude must have had on some really nice shoes. <laughs> and he just made a connection. He made a personal connection there. And he didn't make any excuses. He took complete ownership. And even though that wasn't a customer centric moment, he put those people at his center focus. He didn't put himself in there. He didn't come in thinking about numero uno. He was thinking about them in that moment. And it got him to a point where he went from barely affording to keep his house locked out of his house, sleeping in bathrooms with his son. Like I, I've not gotten that low, but I can tell you right now, not knowing how you're going to pay for something for your son is an embarrassing and defeating feeling. It is having a pregnant wife, a son that's looking up to you and says, you're the guy that's here to protect me. I can only imagine how that man felt if he, and I think he really did sleep in the bathrooms. I just, you never know what's Hollywood and what's not, but man, I know that guy felt bad, but he went from that all the way to, I think the guy's worth several million now because yeah. he put other Tens people million, in I front think. of himself. And even in his worst moment, even in his worst moment. Right. So we're going to get off track. So we're going to pull it back real quick and start talking about the future trends because a lot of you guys might be thinking to yourself right now, dude, I don't have time to figure any of that stuff out. And good news. Yes, you do. There is a massive rise of AI tools that do help you with understanding the customer data, right? It is extremely important for you to know who your customer is, what makes your customer happy, what makes them upset, and how you can implement that into your business for the best possible output that you can give, right? So whether it be for a product or a service. Um, so if you are listening to this and you're like, dude, I just don't have time to think bull crap. AI makes it to where it can be done in 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 50 minutes, 60 minutes. If you just take the time and instead of whenever you come home, kick your feet up, watch Netflix, or what is it that you like? Love is blind mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, oh man, I can't stand those shows. We could watch do a it whole me. podcast episode. I would love on to. How much I hate those shows. <laughs> Um, I would much rather watch the Hobbit or something, but instead of doing either one of those things, take that hour, that two hours to put a little bit of effort into researching your audience and then having AI help you understand the information. You can go to something like datausa.io and download information and have chat GPT analyze it for you. Like there are so many different things out there that you can do. And we're not going to go into depth about each one because boy, we'd be here for another 45 minutes. But that's why you don't need to worry about it because there are tools out there that are going to help you to be able to determine how you can best help your customers. Yeah, I just think, again, back to the feedback loops and reading comments or engaging with your customers, getting on the phone, through emails, whatever it is, people are happy to talk about their experience, good or bad. And so regularly touch in, regularly touch base with your customers to see what their feedback is so that you can develop that better experience. Yeah, I'd say one of the number one things we get in our email is, is the, uh, the no reply because somebody submitted a form and it just says, tell us about your experience. And we probably get 10 or 20 of That's those. That's a good a idea to have a place where sitting in your sitting somewhere in a website or a sales process or somewhere or in an email that just says, hey, here's a link to give me your feedback whenever you're ready. Yep. yep. No, and that's right there on our website, right? And so having that right there has given us the chance to be able to see what some of our customers' problems are, their needs are, um, and we've been able to develop a better experience for them from that information. So I think that I think this is a good time to kind of transition into what are some of the best practices, which you just mentioned one for feedback loops. Um, of course you want to invest in training. So if you don't understand what it is that we're talking about, 
Um, there are probably two very good reasons for that. You've either a never learned about it or B, this is our fourth podcast episode and we get easily distracted whenever we're talking to one another. So, uh, you might want to listen back to it or, uh, heck you can reach out to one of us at our emails. You can find those on any one of our websites and we'd be more than happy to talk to you in a more, uh, informal setting. Uh, that's not, me I think and my this wife. is pretty informal. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, okay. Whatever. My point is, is that it might just make more sense if we talk to you directly. Uh, and I'd be more than happy to sit down and talk with you about I it. I love this topic. Um, so I can talk about it all day. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to be honest, guys, you know, bear with us as we continue to learn how to frame these and put them together. And it'll be nice yeah. when we have guests too to like play off of. Cause when you and I get together, it's just like, we're all over the place. I mean, I talk to you seven days a week. So yeah. at this point I'm just like, again, <laughs> like good grief. Just talk to you this morning. Um, no, I love my wife guys. Like it, this has been my only friend for the last seven or eight Zach years. Zach and I moved away from home and we had really only each other. We knew no one here. Um, and so, and we immediately jumped into business full time. And so it's been a roller coaster ride and it doesn't leave much time to interact with other people. But I will say, here's a little plug to the roadmap community. That's why we value this so much because the community, like I've said previously in this episode, is really what keeps us going. But the relationships that we've formed throughout this whole experience is what is really what holds us together. Yeah. No, I mean, outside of family and Jake, I've, I, I, then you, I, I didn't have anyone. <laughs> Man, that is so sad to admit. Um, anyway. It's unfortunately the case for a lot of entrepreneurs. It really is, though. So you kind of have to be um, okay with that. Uh, but yeah, invest in some training because training is the only way that you're going to get better at it if you don't understand anything about it. Um, be committed to being a learner. Be committed to being better, challenging yourself to get better at what it is that you love and what it is that you're doing. Um, cause not all of us are at the point where we can pay somebody to be customer centric for us. Uh, so we're, we're stuck with the burden and the burden is a good burden to have. I'm not saying that it sucks or anything. It does it get a time little, consuming. it can be time consuming and it can be burdensome from time to time. Uh, cause there as a human and especially me being black and white, I, I drop the ball in my communication sometimes. And you'll come at me and be like, hey, you can't talk to them that way. And I'm just like, but I answered the question. And they're like, yeah, but you should have answered you it this way. You have to add some fluff to make yeah, it sound to. good. So I've started adding the smiley face. Uh, colon. Oh, that's my favorite. Yeah, I do. Hey, this is everything you need to do. Colon, parenthesis, smiley face. So everybody knows it's that I'm It's a good tactic friendly. because it's so hard to show friendliness sometimes yep. over text. And so, so if you're a lot like me, that is actually something that has helped me out in delivering my messages. Um, I think a lot of people see that smiley face and it does help them to see like, okay, I think he's being friendly. And it's like, cause I'll even say it in my emails. I am being friendly right now. I promise I have a smile on my face. Um, so if I've ever sent you an email and you're wondering like, is he mad? No, I'm not. I'm just emailing you as fast as I possibly can so I can get on to the next task. Um, and then next you want to be continuously innovative and you want to do this based off of your customers needs. Um, that is really, and truthfully, that is the heart and soul of a business is being innovative based off of your customers needs. You can create the coolest thing on planet earth, but if your customer doesn't need it, who cares? I mean, that is just the truth. Next thing I do want to talk about, guys, is one of the major pitfalls that you do want to avoid, and that is assumptions. What is it that assumptions Assumptions are the mother mother of all F-ups? Yep. And so do not assume anything about your customer's needs. You need to do adequate research. And that falls back on your feedback loops. That falls back on social listening. That falls back on have they emailed you in the past. Keep up with that stuff because it's very helpful to you whenever it Whenever it comes down to the time that you're wanting to be innovative, you're wanting to add another product or service or whatever, or you're wanting to do something else to a current product or service, maybe update it or upgrade it, pay attention to what they have to say. I promise you, that's not bad advice. So that's all I got. You got anything else? Mm-mm. All right. So in conclusion, customer centric, customer centricity, man, say that 10 times fast. 
It's prioritizing your customers' needs. And if you're not doing this as a business owner right now, really stop and think to yourself, how can I bring customers back to the front of my business? How can I, what was that book you got? Oh, Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. Yeah. One how of the best books I, of all time. Yeah. How can I make my customers the hero of my business's story? That's what he said, right? Yeah. yeah. The hero of the brand. The hero of the brand. That's what it was. Yeah. There's so much stuff jumbling through my brain, guys. It's not even funny. But that is how you guys need to look at it is how can I make them the hero of my brand story? Um, so if that's something you're not doing, please, I urge you to do it. And it's really never too late to start. Never too late to start. Um, and honestly, it will help your business grow. Might not help it today, but like next week, a couple of years from now, 10 whatever, years, 20 years from now, you'll it's still be around. Yeah. So, all right. All right, guys. And with all of that said, thank you so much for tuning in with us. Thank you for making it all the way through to the end of the episode and bear with us. Everything that we do is to develop a better experience and we are working hard to make this a better experience for you guys. When you're listening to us on our podcast, um, I do promise that we are going to nail down exactly how we want to interact with you guys here. Uh, but tune in with us next week because your support means everything to us. And next week we are going to be talking about changing courses 11. Mm -hmm. That is our parent company. That is the company my wife and I started. We are going to tell you guys a little bit about the why we started it, how we came up with the idea. Honestly, it's going to be a video or an episode of us kind of shooting the crap together. Like we about, do everyone at this yeah, point. <laughs> and whatever. But my point is, is it's going to be a lot more informal of me and my wife just talking to you guys about why we created the business and why it's so important to us. So again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in. We really appreciate your guys' support and we will see you next week. Bye.